BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirsty. Just a spoonful of sugar. Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> I am 16 going on 17. The Sound of Music. <laughs> Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, even though the sound of it is really quite atrocious. Mary Poppins again! This woman is the subject of today's picture book. Who is Julie Andrews? Yes! This is correct. Song after song, <laughs> The Musical Life of Julie Andrews, written by Julie Headland and illustrated by Laria Urbinati, is a lovely lyrical biography about one of the most iconic celebrated women of our time. She really is. She's amazing. We love her. Uh, we love her. Oh, my goodness. We've loved her, I think, since we were children and The Sound of Music and all of that business. And we are thrilled to chat with Julie Headland and editor Charlie Ilgunis from Little Bee Books. Let's get singing. Talking. Kirsty. We'll be, we'll be <laughs> okay, talking. <fine. laughs> all right. Julie. Oh my goodness. We love this book so much. It's brilliant and beautiful and there's so much heart and it's lyrical and engaging and wow. So where did you get the idea for this story? Well, thank you so much, first of all, for your kind words. It just means so much to me when people resonate with the book and I got the idea, obviously, I'm a lifelong Julie Andrews fan. I have probably seen The Sound of Music more than any other movie in my entire life. <laughs> From the time I was a kid, you know, dancing in the in my room and singing the songs, although nobody wants to hear me sing, trust me. And because it's been about 10 years since I start, first started working on the book, I... Really? Yeah. And at that time, I had, wow. had just started reading picture book biographies, including yours, Kim, that's right behind you, Thanks. her fearless run, Thanks. and fell in love with the genre. I just couldn't believe how much I was learning and how many different approaches you could take. Um, and, you know, I'm 
both of you probably know anyway, Charlie now knows that I am friends with Julie Andrews' daughter, Emma Walton Hamilton. And she and her mom, who is in fact Julie, <laughs> <just in case laughs> the one and only, the connection, um, <laughs> they write picture books together. And I asked her, how come you haven't written, you know, an autobiography, I guess it would be. And they didn't really have the interest in doing that. They were working on the adult memoirs and they had other projects in the works. So I asked if she would mind, if they would mind if I tried my hand at it. And that, as they say, is <laughs> the rest is yep. history. The so rest is incredible. Well, so just jumping ahead real quick, because you do have that personal connection. And I think it probably doesn't matter if you have a personal connection or not, if you're writing about someone who is alive, which I've done, you must have felt a lot of pressure, I'd imagine, writing this story, and especially about Julie Andrews. I yes? felt, <laughs> yes. I felt a huge amount of pressure because of my own love for her and wanting to do her justice, but also my love for Emma and wanting to do right by her mom's story. And and to be honest, it was a little paralyzing in the that beginning. Makes sense. And I, yeah. Did and she read that, it? Did you have her read a draft when you felt like it was ready or? They did read drafts periodically. I mean, again, okay. I've been working on it for <laughs> something years. And and Charlie can attest to the fact too that they also weighed in at the sketch and illustration phase. So which is wonderful. But I tried to be cognizant of their time, too, because this book went through so many iterations and revisions. So every time I had a version that was about to go on submission, that's when I would send I would send it to Emma and she would give feedback. And if she felt it was necessary, she would show it to her mom. And then that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was very intimidating. And I think um daunting maybe is the better word um and I think that's probably why it took me so long ultimately to get it just right because it took a while before my own you know fan Mm -hmm. was out of the way enough that I could really dig in and and write that yeah that makes sense Story. Well, it was worth the wait. Because I know you did such a good job. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, Kirsty and I were just talking about the word choice. Just, I mean, all the things that we talk about, um, you know, that make a picture book a great picture book, being the word choice and that satisfying ending and, and the, the beautiful beginning. All of it is like packed in here, um, which I mean, we expect. We're not surprised. The picture book (laughs) challenge lady herself. Um, But so, Charlie, we're going to move on to you real quick. I know that you weren't the editor that actually acquired the story, but you kind of jumped on board partway through when that editor um, left Little B. Um, But tell us why you think maybe Little B picked up this book. What kind of books does Little B publish? Um, Why does this book kind of fit that vision? Um, so yeah, so Courtney brought this project, the acquiring editor, Courtney, um, brought this project to us and 
she was extremely passionate about it because she was a huge Julie Andrews fan and she thought this was a story that really needed to be told and hadn't really been told before we were surprised in in, yeah. in the children's picture book market. So um, we, a little be, I mean, I think our sort of philosophy when it comes to specifically picture book bios was, is usually more lesser known figures than someone like Julie Andrews. But we felt this was a very special circumstance because the story really hadn't been told before and certainly not in in this way. And we, we just were really we thought the words on the page were were really beautiful and really did justice to someone like Julie Andrews. So we I don't know, we when we read it we all fell in love with it and, and we we really thought it was uh would make a, a beautiful picture book. And it did. I imagine too that the the personal connection that Julie has with Julie. I don't think I don't think we knew that at the oh, time no? of acquiring. No, we we just oh. we really loved the manuscript and interesting. It was just after the fact wow. that we, that Julie told us and and yeah, you know, that's that's great. <laughs> Actually, so, yeah. I wanted to say something about that because when I met with Courtney, or when she she first gave feedback and said that. Um, gave me editorial feedback before they were going to acquire the manuscript. And I asked for a meeting because I wanted to be clear on what we were doing because I had already worked for so long with Julie and Emma. And when I told her that part of my concern and wanting to meet was because I just knew by that time, I knew what Julie would like and not like, and mm-hmm. I said, I said that, and she said something that to this day was just so amazing to me. She said, oh, you have a connection? And she said, well, I just, I want to be clear that that's a great ad, but we didn't know that, and we love this manuscript anyway. Like, Aww. we just love it, we were going to buy it anyway. For me, writing about somebody as famous as Julie and where everybody has their own connection to her, that meant the world to me. And right then, I knew Little B was absolutely the perfect place for this book. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, Charlie, what is it like for you as an editor to jump in mid-process? And what might authors you know, what can they expect if they're experiencing this with their own books? I think, I mean, I think part of that answer just depends on the house and what's happening there because, you know, it's, it could be major turnover and like, it could be, it could be very hectic <laughs> or it could be just somebody, you know, leaving and we just sort of have to decide who, who gets who, what project and such also wholly depends on like when, what stage the project that is at like this, there was a lot less work for me to do um, since like sketches were already on the way to us. So, I mean, I felt like that was, that was a good time for me to come in because it's like really <laughs> let me see the project as a whole already um, mm-hmm. rather than having to work with the text mm-hmm. from, from the beginning. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's interesting because it's not like you're coming into the project completely blind because of course you're part of the editorial team who acquired it. Like we we were all on board with the project, moving to acquisitions and being acquired. Um, but it you know it is a surprise. It's like you've got a, a brand new book added to your your pile, <laughs> your workload, and just uh, trying trying to make sure like you know that you devote as much time to it as, as the projects you personally acquire. 
um, mm-hmm. and, and making sure that you know you you do right by the the editor who left. So it, it it is it's always an interesting thing for for it to happen. But you know I'm uh, I'm very happy that <laughs> Corey left me the book because I, you know I was, <laughs> I was excited we we acquired it and I'm, I was happy to to work on it as you know as little or as much as I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Julie, so that's I've never experienced that being in the middle of a, of a project, but since you have, can you just speak to that a little bit? It was a bit jarring just because you, you establish a connection, hopefully, you know, I, I guess it's different house by house, but I've been fortunate in that, you know, I have good connections with um, the editors that I've worked with, but she was so great about, I mean, she sang Charlie's praises to the moon and talked about why, you know, she thought he was the right person to take the project over, which turned out to be absolutely true. And as I was saying in the green room, so to speak, um, (laughs) I think Charlie did a great job coming in and managing the feedback on the sketches and the art because it is nonfiction. And Mm -hmm. so there was maybe more back and forth than is typical for a a picture book project. And of course, I mean, Laria Urbanati's illustrations are stunning. Incredible. Oh my goodness. It was this tricky balance of not wanting to get in the way of her majesty in her work, but also making sure that it was, you know, fully, fully accurate. And I think Mm -hmm. Trump did a great job handling that. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Julie, we want to talk about your research process and your writing process. I mean, I I can only imagine how wonderful. Was was the research process like just watching Julie Andrews movies like over and over again? <laughs> That's I would just kind of take advantage. She started of her that research at age five. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, I was superstitious, so I would not allow myself to watch the sound of music the entire time that I was writing this book because I was just afraid that it would jinx it somehow. I don't know why. <laughs> so the day the day I got the call that it was acquired, I went, ran into my daughter's room and I'm like, guess what? And then that night we watched The Sound of Music. So for for research, I I read her own memoir of her childhood years. I knew I wanted to focus mostly on her childhood. And I also went to London and Walton and, you know, all around the area in England where she grew up. And I did a lot of research. I listened to tons of her interviews that Mm -hmm. throughout the years. And then ultimately, I think what was the turning point was I started listening to her older music. Okay. Other songs and soundtracks from like Broadway days and even from her childhood recordings. Wow. And how that helped infuse uh, infuse the writing, I think, more. Mm, that makes sense. The reality of it. Because I realized at some point, well, I'm writing about her childhood, but the music I'm most familiar with is like Mary Poppins' Sound of Music and so on. Right. Um, so that that was a really big turning point. And since I had put a moratorium on the Sound of Music, it was a good time to... <laughs> explore for other work. So. <laughs> now, how did you have access to those 
recordings. Was that public? There, mm-hmm. there were recordings that were done okay. with the BBC radio when she was younger. And then there's, a, I will say, there's a lot of like bootlegged stuff that's, mm. you know, online okay. and whatnot. But um, there are recordings of her singing with her stepfather and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then the Broadway recordings, of course, are... Right. For purchase, so. Wow. What fun. What a fun thing to research. I know. <laughs> I know. And then what was the writing process like? You said there was a lot of a lot of drafts, a lot of iterations. Yeah, I think at first I was so concerned about what Julie would think that and trying to take such care with the material that I wasn't really putting my own heart into it or I didn't have a strong enough through line. So my first draft that went out on submission was way more journalistic. Okay. Um, and, you know, from reading the book that she did have quite a bit of hardship in yes. her childhood. So there's a little bit of processing of that. We were talking about that, how hard it is when you're writing a biography, especially of someone who was alive, mm-hmm. right. to figure out how do you say that hard stuff in a way that works for children and works for the person who you're writing about and then <laughs> right it's difficult yeah, because she also is extremely modest and all of that so you're trying to take into account that personality but also i had to come back to why am i writing about her what inspires me about her what do i want children to come away with and that that was hugely important oh my goodness those questions everyone should use those questions when they're writing a biography yeah well it took me about five years (laughs) in (laughs) before I realized that that's the big missing piece I had everything except this like beating heart Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's really important for us as writers to understand that a lot of what we're writing is Everyone, in case you don't know, I'm a therapist. (laughs) So a lot of what you're writing is your processing feelings. And you might be drawn to a story because that story is going to heal you. And that's Mm. one of the reasons why story is so beautiful. Mm. You know? So beautiful. Oh, going to make me cry. Yeah. Charlie, we know that the illustrator was brought on before, but what's in general the illustrator selection process like? Um, so usually for us, it's conversation, like initial conversation between the editor and design, toss around some sort of aesthetic um, ideas, like what we want it to look like in general. Um, I'd say that's the usual, but I think Courtney knew exactly who she wanted. <laughs> um, she had worked with uh, Ilaria before on a previous book, um, okay. uh, Beatrix Potter uh, biography, and she knew mm-hmm. like that Ilaria would just knock it out of the park with a, with a Julie Andrews biography too. So Courtney knew exactly who she wanted and she knew <laughs> that this was the person for the book. So, and I completely agree. I, I think just, just the way her, her like style, but also just the way things flow on the page and, and into each other, I think is, is just perfect for, for a book about Julie Andrews. Agreed. She Agreed. did such Agreed. a beautiful job. <laughs> Our time is coming to an end, which is always kind of sad, but we have one last question for both of you. And I'm going to start with you, Charlie. 
when someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? Well, I guess when someone, do you mean an adult or a child? <laughs> adult, Ooh. child, oh. any reader. Any reader. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, I guess I think for specifically for when a child reads this book, I'm thinking, I hope they, I hope they come away with a sense of the joy of finding something you are, you really love and are really good at. Um, because I think it took, I think it took Julie a lot to come to, to find that love for her music as we see in the story. And I, I imagine that's, a very similar experience for a lot of children just trying to trying to find like the thing you're very passionate about and that gives you joy so i, I hope they they find inspiration in, in julie's story and in all she had to overcome in the course of that um yeah I, i'm sure they will yeah. i'm sure they yeah. already have what about you julie when someone reads this book what do you hope they feel or learn I think Charlie said it very eloquently about learning to embrace your gifts and a step beyond that is using them to make the world a better place. I think once Julie discovered that her music brought joy to other people, that was a turning point for her, which I think is amazing. And it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be singing or art or it could be science, it could be a sport, it could be anything. But that mentality of how is this going to contribute to the world, which then in turn feeds feeds you. It's a little maybe sophisticated of an idea, but I think it's in there. And on a more simple level, I kind of, not to give too much away about the wording or the ending, but I do kind of hope it feels like a hug. A big thank you to Julie and Charlie for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Song After Song, the musical life of Julie Andrews. Check out the show notes to learn more about Julie and her other wonderful books and the 12 by 12 picture book challenge. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy looking. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, 
and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.